0: This this is terrible, I, and this is something I really want to talk about. Yeah, I'm so glad. I, I just thought about this because we went to the Humane Society of um, the county in Florida that she lives. Okay, and we she got this dog, and the dog is okay. It was uh, unfortunately it was a. Um, uh, what's the dog that, is that they just keep using for breeding? One of those puppy. Oh, puppy mill no? puppy,
1: no. puppy, yeah. Yeah, well,
0: although he wasn't a puppy, he's like eight years old, but he's oh. gorgeous. Well, look, what Hint kind? He a papillon. Ooh. And, um, and he's gorgeous. So, yeah. obviously, he was stripping all the female dogs for seven years straight, but he's scared yeah. to death of everything. <laughs> oh. So, it's hard, and it wasn't the right dog for uh, an, uh, an older woman.
1: So, Should but what,
0: and and she's moving, so that she doesn't want to take the dog into the place. But she, but one of the one of her aides was great with him. So we went, and I called up the place. She goes, "Oh, we have to call him up to transfer
1: ownership." Right, something. remember the Ellen story? Yes. Okay. Well, guess what? Same deal. Same, worse. What?
0: Not only is it,
1: I I don't know if it's the same.
0: I don't know all the particulars of the Ellen story, but I'll tell you this is what they did to a woman of. Over 85 years, okay? Uh-huh. And this is not nice. So I called him up, and the woman says, you know, we just want to do it. Oh, no problem. We're just going to, we'll, we'll, we'll sign all the paperwork. She fills out an application. Then we'll we'll just do the transfer of ownership, and that's that. Just come in and sign all the paperwork. So, okay, you yeah. know, because you want to do the right thing,
1: right? That's all right. Oh, right. Ellen
0: didn't do the right thing. She didn't do the transfer of ownership, Right.
1: Oh yeah, well she just gave it to her, right. and they
0: had to give it back. Right? right. Okay. Because what it is is they retain ownership. You're just the permanent custodian of this dog.
1: <laughs> so they,
0: I, I was going to go bring the the her personal aide plus the, uh, plus my plus Trudy, down there to sign the paperwork. And Trudy goes, oh maybe we should bring the dog. Maybe they just want to make to make sure the dog hasn't been mistreated. They might want to see the dog. So I called them up. I said, would you like us to bring the dog? They said, yeah. So said, okay, we brought the dog. And I figured they would go look and check to make sure it was right. treated and all that. Well, we bring the dog. The nurses, they came and filled out all the paperwork. And then they, I didn't, they didn't even tell me this. They, they asked Trudy to sign a release a, that she's, you know, and, and she should not be signing papers for herself anyway.
2: Right.
0: So um, They asked her to sign a release saying she, she's giving up the, her rights to the dog. You know, basically, she thought she was signing a paper giving the, her rights
1: over two.
2: to the other one. Right.
0: And then they came to me, and I was holding the dog, and they said, oh, can we see the dog? I said, sure. And she she starts to take it. I said, do you need the leash? And the woman goes, is it yours? I said, yeah. She goes, oh, well, we don't need the leash. And then, this is the same woman, by the way. I went over while we were filling out the paperwork. I asked behind the counter there was a million like little dogs.
2: Oh yeah. And
0: I said, oh can I come over, Can I see and pet the the children? I so, no. You know? Yeah. She goes, you don't know them. It's like, well, neither does anyone else who's coming to adopt them. You bitch.
1: Yeah right. Oh, can I say
0: that word? Sure.
1: And proudly.
0: Sure. Because she yeah. really was, and not in the female dog distinction.
2: Yeah. No, I even. Get it. Yeah.
0: Anyway, so she takes a dog, and and we're just waiting, and they say, okay, you can go. What do you mean? We can go? Can we have? We 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 wait and take the dog back yeah. because we want to keep the dog with Trudy until she moves.
2: Right.
0: Oh, you can't have the dog back. What do you mean you can't? Have, it turns out that was taking. They just snapped the dog away from us. And then we call. And it's because they have permanent ownership. And what they did, and I yeah. think this is very racial, that they didn't. They disapproved the the AIDS thing, and they said. You know, and it's all about money because they they'll they'll sit and they asked two hundred dollars Wait,
1: wait, wait! Slow this down a little bit. I wait. She signed away the, the thing, and they took the dog, and then you said, "Hey, wait, wait!" You know, we're going to hold on to the dog until we can give it to the uh, the aid. Where was the aid? Why didn't the aid come down? The aid was there. So, so they dis- they said they didn't want this aid getting the dog.
0: I guess so. It was like really weird because they said, "Oh." It'll take a couple of days to, to process the application.
1: Yeah. And
0: then they told us, no, she wasn't approved.
1: Did they give a reason?
0: Nope. What did you do? We called the police. And uh, the police couldn't do anything.
1: Because I would have started... I, mean, I don't know what I would have done, but I would have... Oh. You would have seen things this is breaking. Like, uh, well, yeah. I'm, I, next, when I go We're down to the draws. street, yeah. I,
0: wanna, I want to um, start a civil suit in, in small claims court. Not for anything, but they should justify... Why they took a um, dog away from an 85-plus-year-old woman, what, was she going to abscond? And we did everything they wanted to We did everything right. Yeah. You know? Had we not done everything right, they probably wouldn't have ever caught on.
1: Well, no. Who knows? Who's to know that you're giving a a dog away to somebody? Who's to know? That is absolutely... I'm, I'm amazed you actually left the place. Yeah, you know, and they say you know we're going to stay here until you give us a goddamn dog back. We we got the police to come down; they couldn't do anything. Well, what did you expect Try the police to, to do? A yeah. What well, what what did you expect the police to do,
0: though? Well, I wanted to write some sort of report, but he didn't really want to. But even the policeman told me he came up to me. He goes, "Look," he goes, "I wouldn't get a dog here. I want to own my dog." He goes, "You don't own your dog when you, you get it."
1: I guess that's what they really mean. Yeah.
0: <sighs> they had the right to take it away.
1: Now, how long had your your stepmom had? About dog. six months. That's a long... You bond with a dog over it. You can bond with a dog in she a week. She love that dog
0: every morning. She must
1: have been uh, distraught.
0: Yeah. My she, my stepmother, wanted, she wanted a glass of water. They wouldn't give her one. I can't... And they don't even... It's like... Then... And then another person comes in with a dog to turn in. They said they don't have space. Meanwhile, we were going to take care of this dog for...
1: I hope you told those, those people don't you know turn right around and go somewhere else. And, and I, yeah. didn't to, I didn't want. I didn't want. At that point, we were still waiting to see what was going on. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. did you? By the way, what is the woman's name you were dealing with? The bitch. What was her name? I think her name was Charlotte. You don't remember? Well, oh, you don't remember her last name or anything like that. Because let's call her out. Let's let's like you know, let's say some names. She was the executive
0: director. She's
1: the director of. I'm gonna find her. In, let, let me let me do a little googling here. Okay. And can you can you gargle some googling music? The she's the
0: Humane Societal Society of um oh my god, I, I think it's Broward County.
1: Okay. Oh I'm 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 going to the computer here. Humane Society Broward. Of Broward County Humane Broward dot com. Let's see if all Charlotte's here. Um. So oh, got... And
0: then when I got up to speak
1: to her, yeah, she told me I, I told her to say one thing like
0: this, and I di- I just you know how, like with my hands, yeah. Just don't you point your finger at me. And then she ran into her office and wouldn't come out with the dog. We she... didn't even get to say goodbye to the
1: dog. Um, were they in Fort Lauderdale or no? Hmm. Although maybe it might be the overall. Maybe it's Palm Beach County.
0: Oh. Oh, th- you know where they are? Where in Boca Raton?
1: Let me see. Boca Raton. Checking. Mm-hmm. Thank you for holding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you should have been a 411... Uh, uh, yeah, 411... Operation. Tri-County Humane Society of Boca Raton? Mm-hmm. That might be it. Uh, there are no kill, right? Yes. Well, that, that's why they were full. I mean, that's... I understand that. Yeah. Okay, who we are? Uh... We need your help. Let's see. Who's the
0: director?
1: Oh, we've got a whole bunch of people. That, no, I hope this is the actual people. The founder and the CEO is someone named Jeanette Christos. That's her. Jeanette. Oh, not Charlotte. Jeanette Christos. She has Christ in her last name, and this is the way she behaves. Now, granted, I wasn't there, so there may be another side to the story, but Jeanette Christos, if you're listening... <laughs> Screw you. Put, put your hand on the radio so we can give you a nice big shock. Yeah. Man. Not not nice. Not now. Well, there we're calling her out, and anybody don't go to the um, unfortunate. But there are no kill shelters, so you want not tell people to go there. It, it's it's a very it's a very hard thing to do, because you know.
0: But really, they don't treat people right there. Let's see if I can get a picture of this girl.
2: Uh, and we, it's a.
0: Well, well, she's well. a woman. She's a little sleaze bag in her like probably fifties, who looks like she's a hundred. Yeah. Right. Um, but. Really, I, it was just such a, a shock. You know, we never expected not to bring the dog back. Well, everybody, if you want to call tomorrow, I'm oh, ask and then, about oh, by the way, yeah. and also, this dog needed a ton of medical care, which we paid for. There was
1: about fifteen hundred dollars worth of medical care. He had, he has two teeth left. Oh, no, I his know, teeth yeah, were bad. yeah. Well, that's, yeah. we know where that's coming from with our dogs, but well, uh, that I can't. I mean, uh, no, but the, you know, they gave they give you the dogs, and they don't. Fix the dogs up there. They had the dog for a year. Trudy fixed the dog up. Wow! That dog into perfect health. All I'm glad stuff. you're going back to uh, to Florida next week. I mean, you know, go go there and, and give them hell, as it were, or do something. You know. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I, I, I think I want to put make. I'd love for
0: Trudy to to put in a civil action against them. Right. Because, you know, just small claims. So I'd love for it to go on Judge Judy. I'd like them to be called out for the actions they do, because really they shouldn't
1: do that to people. You're listening to WGBB Freeport. You're listening to AM 1240 or AM 1240 WGBB.com. You're listening to Dave's Gone By. You're obviously a very lonely person. Greetings from Long Island, where every highway is a sunrise. It's time for Dave's Gone By, an hour of comedy, talk, and music, brought to you by Total Theater, with your host Dave Lefkowitz. You've never heard anything like it, so sit back, relax, squeal if you must. Here's the host of Dave's Gone By, Dave. Tropical
2: hot dog night. flamingos in a fruit fight every recover of day Twirling around at
1: night. Well there goes the neighborhood. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody, especially mommies out there to the May eleventh, two thousand and eight episode number two hundred and seventy two of Dave's Gone By. With me, Dave Lefkowitz, radio host, journalist personality, lunatic, whatever you want to call me, and son of a rather wonderful mother. And then I've got another mother-son here with me in the studio, my usual guest co-host, the delightful, the delicious, and the dog-loving, Jeff Goodman.
0: And I'd like to be also be called Man About Town and Bon Vivant.
1: You want to be a Bon Vivant? Yeah. You really? More like a kind of a bonbon bon vivant thing. I away. I'm sorry. Don't I'm lying. more of a
0: Cinnabon vivant. Oh! <laughs>
1: very nicely done. Well, and you're looking chipper, I have to say. You got this nice shirt on. You got this red shirt with white stripes. You're looking nice. She really hates this shirt. Really? Why? She, she wanted to burn it. You look like you should be on a Venice Canal rowing and singing with a little boater hat. And yeah, you look good. Nice to say that. You know, you look. Uh, Bright-eyed and bushy Dan. I also like you with long hair. I saw that That's last week, week you too. That's what did too. But I'm going to get a little cut off in Thailand. No, uh, well Thailand because it's 188 degrees in the, the shade.
0: It, it gets and then if I don't do it, it looks like this, and I become a mad scientist. Well, you
1: don't want to look like Swingy Todd. <laughs>
0: and I don't want to be, you know, what's his name. Stills, national
1: who's the who's the one Oh David, Crosby. David Crosby. Crosby. you don't want that. No, but the fact that you got it and it goes back on you, it goes in the back in your hand. It's going to along well, that's you your shoulders. that's doing this. Yeah, but it looks. I like it. I do like it the way it is. I mean, it's a shame a to lose it. Little bald spot, like the big one. Little bald spot. It's mo- well,
0: <laughs> it's like little, mostly bald. You're Nash. bolder
1: than me. Yeah, and that's saying Bolder than I. Excuse me. I Sorry. Know. You're uh,
0: pretty much a cue ball. What do
1: you mean, I'm a cue ball? I'm a cue ball. What are you talking about? Look at that. I got well. You
0: got little wings. You got the yarmulke mark here, and then the the, the bald spots come. Yeah, Four heads meet in the yarmulke mark. <laughs> you have like this. I don't know. You have like a parent. Like yeah, well, that,
1: marks, yeah, we have different kinds of What are
0: the ones that you know that go like that? One of those more question marks?
1: No. What
0: you put one on, it goes like this.
1: Okay. Like that. I think that's a clitoris.
0: <laughs> and then the other side, if it goes like that, yeah, it's
1: a clitoris, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh really. Except my, my, my scalp doesn't smell quite as bad. But, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what that There's something
0: fishy here.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, oh, you know, mention, mentioning, speaking of fish, yeah. the name of this program is Rising Damp. The title of this episode of Dave's Gone By is Rising Damp because special guest of the evening will be Dennis Damp, the book of U.S. government jobs. He wrote the book. The Book of U.S. Government Jobs. Who wrote the book? Who wrote the book of U.S. Government Jobs? Tell me, tell me, baby, how do I get some work? <laughs> I can't really okay. go further. And
0: enough. speaking of work, yeah. would we like to thank our sponsors? Well,
1: <clears throat> let me give a little bit more of an explanation of what we're doing oh, like, with, with old Dennis I know we had to get
0: the sponsors in quickly. Oh, we
1: will, we will, we will. I promise that. Um, but Dennis Stamp. Used to work for the government in aeronautics. I think he even worked with NASA or the military. Did he get or fired? Like that. No, retired. And he couldn't oh. write a book about his experiences and, and giving people ideas on how to apply and get government jobs because when you're in the government, there's certain things you cannot write about. So he retired, wrote this book, became a bestseller, and now it's had ten different consecutive editions. Uh, he's also written some other books. And so we thought it would be really cool to interview him because times are tough and people are having trouble with keeping their jobs or finding their jobs or paying bills with just one job, or they're, they're afraid of job security. And so I, why I, not look for government I, jobs?
0: I also heard that you're going to do your own project on this. You're going to test the validity of his book.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm testing any kind of validity I can on every possible job site I, I can find. So government jobs is a, another option, certainly. And you don't necessarily have to be civil service. I mean, that's no. kind an of old thing. Not every job requires a civil service exam.
0: Don't work for the post office. I don't want you shooting people.
1: <laughs> I, 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 by my third day, I would. T- you know my personality. I would be killing people in t- two and a half days. What's that zip code? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I asked you... Take the box home. Tape it yourself. I'm not going to tape. I cannot tape the box for you. I know you're 115 years old. I cannot take the box for you. Is there a dog in there, Jeanette? <laughs> Wait. Oh, oh. I know how I can help you. Here's my mace. <laughs> you know. Now go away. Go, go get your nursemaid to bring you home. No, I, I should not be working anyway for the post office. <laughs> yeah, you know. nor like, for the elderly. I guess. if I go walking along delivering mail and a dog bites me, I shoot the dog then the owner. That's it. And then I shoot up everybody else on the block.
0: <laughs> and then you say they'd like their mail stopped for a while. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's right. You know, I just open uh, any mail that looks interesting. I would open because you know, I wouldn't keep it, but I would like to see if a magazine comes. That's got to make it. People <laughs> oh, I, I want, want to read. I to want to read, read that one. Yeah. Right. Come on! Some,
0: there, sometimes I, I do think that some of my news, uh, my subscriptions, were held for a couple of days.
1: Yeah, somebody else wants them. to read those things before you get them. They don't want to pay twenty five dollars a year. Why should they? It's it's, it's out there. They to put them in. All I groups. know they all want
0: to read my dog fancy.
1: <laughs> is, that, is that kind of a sexual reference? I don't know. I don't even know what that means. So anyway, no,
0: you like the dog fancy, the sexual magazine. I prefer it for pet products.
1: Oh really? Oh okay. Well, you don't have any, You will have a pet, do you? You're thinking of getting a dog, but you haven't got one well, I had
0: a cat for a long time.
1: Did you really?
0: I had loose Close as you've gotten a pussy in No, look.
1: Luke- Shut up. <laughs> I
0: told you about Luke, like the cat with the credit card and all that.
1: No, you did not.
0: My cat got credit card. My cat had better credit than I did at one point.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, you, uh, or just they sent one to him. No, what must happened it on some, some list.
0: Now, this is like in the, in the 80s, the, late, the mid to late 80s. Yeah. What they would do is they would, you would literally get the credit card in the mail. You know, it's not the phony thing that says your name here. It would so have, you actually, yes, I do remember that. Well... What i did do is I got tired of having Luke, um, I, I didn't like writing to Purina for stuff and then I'd get on my, my name would be on my list, so I would do is send stuff to either Luke Goodman or whatever, and then th- whenever mail came for Luke Goodman, I knew it was just garbage, because right. who's going to write to the cat? So <laughs> I finally decided, and one of I put Luke, T, period, cat, C-A-T-T, yeah. Luke the cat, right. Okay? And I got this thing from Citibank, or Chase, or one, I forgot what it was. Yeah. I'll be darned if he didn't get a MasterCard. Well, at this point, I don't know why, but my credit wasn't good. So, it said, do you want another one? I said, sure, send one for my friend Jeff Goodman.
1: <gasps> wow.
0: So, but he was the primary on the credit card.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, did you actually be able to use it? Oh, one? I
0: used it all the time. That's brilliant. And what would happen if I was late for the payments, I'd get calls, is Luke home? Yeah. Well, I can't come to the phone right now, or he's out.
2: I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. They would call for Luke. I call. wish people, I would, everybody would do that for the credit card companies. That they're charging 28% t- interest or whatever they're, they're charging. Well,
0: I, I paid every bill. I would never oh, do that. But.
1: Oh, well. But that's a great way to defraud, you know... Isn't that great that we're talking about shooting people, working for the post office, looking at people's mail and defrauding the government and credit cards? Well, I didn't defraud anyone, a I just fine paid the moral program. Luke helped did.
0: me get my credit back. <laughs>
1: That, see, I told you there, there's something good about owning a pet.
0: I love my oh, I love <laughs> my cat. He was great.
1: Oh, anyway, we got go, a... kind of. He would sleep next on. to me.
0: I'd roll over, and I'd hear. Ah! <laughs>
1: oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, because
0: I roll on my sleep, and he couldn't get close enough to me. Scratch
1: tongue. fever, right there. No, he happened. would
0: never scratch me.
1: Oh. He would
0: lick me to death. Oh my god, with uh, a that sandpaper that's... tongue, it hurt.
1: Ow! Ooh! Ooh! Well, that was. I'm um, not to put a fine point on it, but that was apparently what. That was apparently a medieval torture where they would strap someone down, swear to God, and they would get goats to lick the bottoms of people's feet and just keep licking them because goats is even more sandpapery oh, really? and rough than a cat's tongue. And then, I mean, you have your feet licked by a goat for a long, long time, it tears the skin off the bottoms of your feet. So apparently, it's a really horrible torture. Is anybody eating right now? <laughs> I read that somewhere. I, you know, the, the things people think of the torture, it's, it's amazing that minds can work that way. Is that way.
2: like
0: waterboarding?
1: <laughs> Probably not. Maybe Dick
0: Cheney should get some goats with people.
1: <laughs> Probably. Well, uh, Dick Cheney, camels.
0: Dick Cheney's listening to Dave's gone by going, hmm, maybe we'll get some goats to Guantanamo.
1: <laughs> right. Uh, or hell, heck with Guantanamo, just various places in the United States where, where there's dissenting people not voting Republican. That's what he needs.
0: <laughs> to <a> Hillary's camp. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Anyway, anyway, we will have, speaking of well, rhyming with camp, we have Damp, Dennis Damp, the author <laughs> on Dave's Gone by.
0: We went through this.
1: He's going to be interviewed, though, by Peter Fitzgerald.
0: Good, help, God, good God, help us.
1: Peter is, is a, an occasional visitor to this program. Oh, as, the, as infrequently as possible, <laughs> please. The vice president of WiggleFar, W G L F A R, the Woodmere Gay Lesbian Front and Rear. And so he has kind of an agenda <sighs> in what he does, but he's going to be talking to Dennis Damp about trying to get a job. I can't believe
0: anyone would talk to him
1: Amazingly Well he's a very charming kind of a guy In his way You know who else is charming? Our sponsors (laughs) The sponsors of this radio program Which include Navarre Groceries 1239 Broadway In Hewlett Long Island Look for Stephen And ask him about all their great Eastern European delicacies Everything from nuts To pastas To special desserts To herring To special cheeses Did I have that
0: bird's nest dessert? It was good It's, 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 It's terrific
1: Nummy, numby. A lot of
0: pistachio nuts, lots of green stuff.
1: Well, that's that's actually honey? more of a, a Greek sort of a honey? five-way thing. Wait, don't don't call me honey. Honey? Thank you. And speak, who, you know who else is a honey? The the lovely folks who work at Hewlett Minuteman Press. Oh, the Copy Kings of Broadway? 1315 Broadway in Hewlett, real, like two blocks from the Va Groceries. The,
0: I know. And in between them is soon to be gone, Loman Shoes. Shoes.
1: They're not one of our sponsors, but certainly Minuteman and the Va are, as is mortgagesrock.com and Performing Arts Insider, the theater magazine, the Bible of Broadway for 65 years. And remember, really, really great price for Dave's Gone By listeners: 115 dollars for 12 issues a year. That's that's like 60 dollars now, or or almost 70 off the. Regular subscription price. Go to performingartsinsider.com to find out more. And then our final sponsor is...
0: Fancy Schmancy Balloons, where we have a tr- ridiculous offers on things, too. Yeah, you yeah. can get a full bar for four hundred
1: and sixty two fifty. 50 You mean a full... No, no not a bar mitzvah with the rabbi, the cantor, and, no, and the full full band. Mitzvah, our
0: full bar mitzvah package. Package. We get means ten, to- 10 centerpieces, 10 balloon toppers, a sign and board or book. You get a dais arch, you get a deus nameplate, you get 10 uh, centerpieces for your cocktail hour, and...
1: What's the overall value on that normally? Like oh, over it's
0: about $750. So,
1: and you're giving away, not giving away, but you're, you're saying $462.50 for, for all of that for this week. If you mention Dave's gone by, what's the number people need to call? I don't know, 516-797-3229? Say it again.
0: 516-797-3229.
1: Banksy-schmancy balloons. That's a, that's a pretty great deal. It's like $300, people. So, And if you
0: subscribe, to, and if you make a new subscription to Performing Arts Insider, you'll yeah. we'll take an additional $50 off.
1: Woof! Woof! Think of that. Think of You can make your party look amazing, be it a bar mitzvah, or a christening, or a wedding, or That'd a graduation. 412 dollars Yeah. And you get Performing Arts Insider. That's pretty, that's pretty neat. So, ladies and gentlemen, call. Um... Ask for Jeff at Fancy Schmancy 797-3229, area code 516. Okay, it's Mother's Day. We've got so much to do. We've got Dennis Stanford, government jobs. Peter Fitzgerald is going to be interviewing him. Jeff and I are going to go inside Broadway for theater news and reviews And the end of the 2007-2008 Broadway season. We're going to talk about that, review some shows, and we're going to celebrate our beloved mothers. So, mothers and... and <clears throat> others and, and where's brothers. Where's Mamma Mia when you need it? Yeah, Mamma Mia, Mamma Mia, love to see ya.
0: Peace me, luck no, we let to go.
1: Ah.
0: <laughs> I thought I'd just take it. See how I took it in another direction and oh, made it funny?
1: Yeah, yes, indeed. That, that, was, that was very nicely done. We'll be right back with more <laughs> of Dave's Gone By right after these messages. I hate unemployment and I tell you why. I
0: want to keep working till the day I die. I like to work, I do it well. And when I can't feed my family, Lord, I feel like hell. Lord, give me a job or work to do. Lord, give me a job or work to do. That's all I want, that's all I ask of you.
1: Well, hello, Aru. This is Peter Fitzgerald here, and I'm so happy. I'm so excited, and not just because in the way that I'm usually excited, but I have a guest, and we're going to be talking about the U.S. government, a place that really doesn't want to acknowledge my existence, but they can't keep me away if I want a job. Now, why would I want to work there? Because well, it's Uncle Sam, and believe me, I've had funnier uncles to deal with in my life than him. So, with us on the phone. Is Mr. Dennis Damp. I, I just love his last name already. Dennis Damp. So, so, Dennis, may I call you Dennis? Absolutely. Oh, 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 wiggle. Oh, thank you so much. So, you've written a book about how to get jobs in the government. Well, why did you do this?
3: Well, I, I spent 35 years working for Uncle Sam, retired in 2005. And back in 1985, when I started the series, the first of the 10th edition, it was designed basically to help individuals who were approaching the federal government navigate the complex application process and also show them the way on not only where the jobs are, but what's available and how to actually land one from an insider's perspective. The new 10th edition uh, goes another step because prior to retirement, uh, due to ethics laws, I wasn't permitted to interject my personal experiences I can only really let people know that I was a federal employee, dentist stamp and worked for the government. Uh, the new edition, though, is interspersed with all of my personal experiences, which can really help people uh, knock down the barriers to getting a high-paying, secure government job.
1: So, in other words, now you can be completely unethical. I think that's great. <laughs> I think that's, but what is, what is something that the government would have been afraid of you saying in your book, The Book of U.S. Government Jobs?
3: Uh, it's not necessarily being afraid, it's just that when you're a federal employee working for Uncle Sam, you can't do anything to promote a product oh. so that's the ethic issue you, you can write books and you can do a lot of things, but you can't sell books based on on your your working with Uncle Sam, whereas now I'm able to pretty much tell people exactly what it was like and 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 some of the roadblocks that you're going to encounter, I can help you navigate through quite easily.
1: Well, 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 well so some of the, the roadblocks, the stumbling blocks, or as I like to say, the hemorrhoids that you might encounter. In... Well, you know,
3: the federal sector is, is pretty much uh, a hidden job market, but it's also almost recession-proof. And, and why is it a hidden job market? Well, because you may not know this, uh, uh, Pete, but um, actu- actually 2% of the total civilian workforce Two uh, percent of the total civilian workforce are federal employees, and their average salary is sixty-seven thousand. Okay. Uga. But you won't find these jobs advertised in your local Sunday paper. Open it up and and you and you look go to the help wanted section. And in New York, you have tons of help wanted section uh, paper, but you'll be hard pressed to find a single job.
1: Well, you know how I'd love to be hard pressed, but that's something else.
3: <laughs> and yet, there there are forty-nine thousand jobs advertised today on just one of the groups websites that we list as one of the 141 resources for people to go to on federaljobs.net, the companion website to the book of U.S. government jobs. So it's almost like a, a huge camouflage elephant trying to hide behind a field mouse.
1: Well, why wouldn't they advertise in the Times or... Well,
3: or uh, because they, they do everything centralized on agency websites. And it, it's, it's assumed inappropriately, I might, might add... That people know to go to these locations or to go to your local agency in your in your community and apply for a job, but and actually right now is a great time because of the 2.7 million Feds. I was at the leading edge of the baby boomer exodus when I left the federal uh, government back in 2005 at age 55. Well, there's 1.3 million baby boomers uh, that are eligible for regular and early retirement in the federal
1: uh-huh. sector. So, so all I these never, jobs, yes.
3: There's tons of opportunities.
1: But what about, I've always been told that you couldn't really get anywhere unless you were, quote-unquote, civil service.
3: Well, the, the, actually, it is federal civil service. They don't call it that much anymore. It's federal employment. You still hear you know, hear the civil service uh, tag occasionally. But uh, the, the federal civil service puts everybody on a level playing field, field regardless of your race, national origin, uh, sexual orientation, wiggle, yeah, Yeah, any of that. Uh, So to do that, they have a rather complex, sometimes considered convoluted, retirement, uh, not retirement, but recruitment process that includes an extensive federal-style resume and other application forms where you have to really depict your work history An educational background to the nth degree and tailor it to what they call a federal job announcement.
2: Hmm.
3: Uh, and they'll actually put out a job announcement for every job that lists the qualifications for the job, uh, where it's going to be, where you're going to be employed, the average salary, uh, and the educational background that's required. So to put everybody in that level playing field, you have to go through the hoop of submitting a federal style resume, which is totally different than the one page private sector resume you hear so much about.
1: So, do you have to do a different resume for every single job?
3: Well, if you're if you're if you're bidding on jobs within the same family, and there's uh, like thirty some families and nine hundred job op- 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 occupations, excuse me, sure. in the federal sector, and those occupations, um, basically, if you're bidding in the similar group, for instance, if you're bidding in the investigative series, the eighteen hundred series, uh, you can use a sa- the same resume with some reservation. And that reservation I outline in Chapter 6 of the book of U.S. Government Jobs. You have to look at the qualifications for that position, the special skills and uh, that are required for that job, and duties that are required, and read <laughs> through them. And if they're a little bit different mm-hmm. than the previous job, you have to make sure you include them in the new job federal resume you're applying for.
1: Well, that, but that's pretty much with every job that you're looking for, even without... Looking the for the government. Sector. Because it used to be, you would do a resume, you'd go to the Xerox shop, you'd make a, you'd make 99 copies, and then the last <laughs> copy would be one of your butt. And then, that, that was fine. Then you'd send it out, and then maybe a quick little t- cover letter that you would type up, and you'd mail it, and, and then it was supposed to get easier with computers. Except now, because it's supposed to be easier, they expect you to tailor every cover letter, every resume, every envelope, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So it isn't necessarily either at all. It's just a different kind of labor.
3: Yes, and Peter, it's a little bit different in the federal sector in that your typical federal-style resume, just for an entry-level position, is three to five pages with supplemental forms often required.
1: Oh, my God. I don't need anything like that for someone to enter me, that's for sure. (laughs) At any level. But, ooh, three to five pages? Oh, but... And how many would you say, th- let's say you're going for a job. I mean, how many other candidates do you think there are? I are mean, you one out of 100, one out of
3: 500? Well, you know, it, it depends on the job you're applying for. Uh, the federal sector is very desirable because it isn't just an average salary of 67000 but when you add uh, your average annual federal workers' compensation, adding pay plus benefits is $106,871 for federal workers, in the private sector, it's only fifty-three thousand. So, oh my goodness, the jobs are very desirable. And the reason there, there's that huge difference is the benefit package in the federal sector, and the fixed annuities that they still offer are unsurpassed today in the private sector. So, there's a lot of competition. Even though it, it's a hidden job market, so many people know about it, but there's a lot more that don't know of your, that your listeners are uh, in your listening audience that. It's going to open a whole new vista for them to apply for uh, these jobs if they just know where to look.
1: Well, that, that sounds like double when you, you include health care and all that stuff. And, and believe me, I know from big packages. That's exciting. That's really good. So where can people get your book, The Book of U.S. Government Jobs?
3: It's available at Barnes & Noble, Borders, Amazon.com. We have a special for your listeners today, too. Ooh! If they call up and say that they were on Peter's radio show, and uh, call our toll free number. It's normally twenty two ninety five. We're selling it to your listeners for eighteen ninety five, and the toll free number. And, and Peter, you may want to write this down. So if anybody calls into the station, it's one eight hundred
1: one
2: eight hundred
3: seven eight two. Yes. Seven four two four.
1: Seven eight two
3: seven four two four. And answers twenty four seven, so they can call any time, and uh, they will take that. But it's also available at your local bookstore. And I might add. Yeah. If you don't have the money for the book, you don't have to buy it. It's available at most libraries, and it's important for all job hunters, whether you have the money for the book or not, that you have a resource to go to. And uh, your logo, it, it's recommended by Library Journal, it's reviewed by Library Journal. It was also just nominated best, uh, for Best Career Book for 2008 and Best Reference Book for
2: 2008. Nice.
3: Hi, this is Dennis Stamp, author of the book of U.S. Government Jobs, and you've been listening to Days Gone By on WGBB Radio in Freeport.
1: So let me ask you something. The, the other cliche about government jobs is that once you get one, I mean, you, you were talking about all these people who are going to be retiring and going to Florida and dying and things like that, but is it also true that once you really get you you have to screw up really bad to lose it?
3: Well, there's many protections in the federal sector, and one of the other one of the biggest uh, one of the big benefits is you know in the private sector only thirteen percent of the private sector is unionized today sixty five percent or more of the federal sector is unionized. There's a lot of protections in the in the system that uh prevent you from being uh forced out for anything other than gross competence or incompetence i should I should say not yes. gross incompetence.
1: I can be gross, but you yeah that there you go yeah.
3: But, you know, Peter, there's, there's a lot of protections, and, and that's a good thing for the job applicant. There's also a lot of opportunities that go along with that. I'd, I started, uh, I, was, I had no option. I joined the military. I, I was, didn't join the military. I was drafted in 1968. Oh. That incl- and that's included in my retirement package. They conclude those years.
1: Did you see any action? And I don't mean the kind of action I got last night. Uh, no, I,
3: I was very blessed. I stayed stateside in a support uh, position. Uh, all throughout Vietnam at the time in Vietnam. So you were drinking
1: buddies with George Bush, basically.
3: Oh, (laughs) no, not really. Uh, I didn't know the gentleman at the time. But, but, you know, I did spend a total of 10 years in the military, transferred to the federal sector after I bid on a position. But I, I started out at a very low position at a GS-7, actually a WG-11 position, which is wage grade, and worked my way up to a manager of the air traffic control tower at the Greater Pittsburgh Airport, the top of the pay, all in the federal sector. And that's because they offer individuals a lot of upward mobility, training. If you want to get ahead, if you want to relocate, if you want great pay with super benefits, the federal sector is a place you really should explore.
1: You you certainly make it sound so incredibly appealing. I'm going to start applying for all sorts of things tomorrow. <laughs> and I want I want to find out a little bit more about Dennis stamp before we let you go. And it's, oh, I love that last name of yours. You when you were an air traffic controller, what was that like? I mean, was that exciting? Did you did you have terrible problems during the Reagan era? What what was that?
3: Well, I was there during the strike when when uh, air traffic went on strike. But I'm in the I was in the technical operations division, and which meant that my division repaired and maintained the navigation surveillance the communications na- all the all the things that are ancillary to traffic control the radar systems the the control consoles that the traffic controllers use so we weren't in, in involved with the strike we were the the maintenance and the uh repair arm of the federal sector for now, the FAA.
1: Did you ever come in one morning and, and find something and go, oh my god, this is an accident waiting to happen, everybody shut down?
3: Be, you have to be diligent, or diligent at all times, and, and there were many times you know, we were in high pressure situations. 9-11 was, of course, one of the most significant ones where we had to bring down all the traffic in such a short period of time, and we did it with no accidents. And uh, It was a very dramatic day, I'll never forget that day in my life, and uh, and, and in the federal sector, there's a, a, a lot of high responsibility positions in law enforcement, and air traffic control, and border patrol, and so many different areas that uh, EPA, environmental protection, uh, making things green, as we as we're trying to do. Uh, you do have those days.
1: Actually, since you brought it up, and it didn't even occur to me that you would have been working or involved on that day, but um, I I have to ask, because everybody wants to ask this question, but nobody can or does, and um, why didn't they know that there were four missing planes in time to shoot them down, bring them down to something?
3: Yeah, there were so many uh, different nuances to that, and And they had to scramble the jets to do it. They had to get authorization. Everything happened so fast and and, 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 and in such a short period of time, within an hour, hour and a half after departure, that uh, it was just a a madhouse. And and we had never experienced anything like that before. I'm
1: I'm not talking about bringing down all the other planes in America. I'm talking Uh, about
3: bad four. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. They they had there were just so many different things and so many different. levels to go through to authorize that and i wouldn't be the one to answer that question i'm not oh, at any I level know. of you know, responsibility that would have even been involved with
1: that because all i know military is and so forth. someone can be going to, can be driving to work and then you know you see on the tv oh oops there's going to be traffic on the bqe you call them and then they take a turn and then there's no and that takes a minute and a half right. they're an hour and a half in the air and they still went through the buildings and into the field. I yeah. don't
2: get
3: it. Yeah, it's just it's such a time crunch. And now that that's all been pretty much resolved. Now they have authorities inherent with these issues that if they do come up, they can take immediate action. And and there's a, a really um, a great uh, work in initiative between Department of Transportation and DOD, Department of Defense, and military commands that I think now would. Would react much time much timelier than what had happened in that day.
1: Well, from your mouth to God's ears, and and a bunch of other God's more pleasant body parts. Anyway, we're finishing up our conversation with the delightful Dennis Damp, the author of the book of U.S. government jobs. It's the tenth edition of the book. There've been so many of them from Book Haven Press available. What, what's the website again where people can can get it?
3: Uh, FederalJobs.net
1: federaljobs.net as well as your local library and I'm assuming Amazon and places like that and Glamazon which is my particular favorite for books. Barnes & Noble also. What is your single best piece of advice for people who want to try and get a government job?
3: Tailor your your federal resume to the job announcement as we outline in Chapter 6 and don't give up with your first rejection. Bid on multiple positions.
1: Oh, I love multiple positions. In other words, there's There's
3: so many different jobs out there. You just have to uh, find them through the websites on federaljobs.net that we link you to. uh, Tailor your job announcement or your your resume to the job announcement, and you can make a connection and and get an interview.
1: And what is the best way to get government cheese? I've been wondering about that.
3: (laughs) I can remember standing in line as a young child uh, in the 1950s with my mother, for uh, civil defense uh, cheese and powdered eggs. God, I don't even know how to go about doing that today.
1: Oh, well. Oh, it's it's a conversation for another time. There you go. But I thank you so much for taking the time with us. Peter,
3: thank you so much for having me, and I certainly wish you and all your listeners a a pleasant week ahead.
1: Wiggle and God bless. All right. Bye-bye. On June 14th, the night before the Tonys, catch the 4th Annual WGBB Tony Awards Special, hosted by Dave Lepkowitz. that's me, of Dave's Gone By, co-hosted by theater critic Jeff Goodman and Michael Regal of the New York Post, We'll hear other critics make predictions, show tunes from Xanadu, Young Frankenstein, and more. Quizzes, ticket giveaways, all on Saturday, June 14th, 7.30 to 10 p.m. The Tony Special on WGBB, the station that serves your theatrical community. Inside Broadway, brought to you by Total Theater's Performing Arts Insider, your everything theater guide. This is the end, beautiful friend. The end. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. This is the end of the Broadway season. The 2007-2008 Broadway season has come to a close with uh, two shows ending the season. One was the revival of Carol Churchill's *Top Girls*, which got some pretty good reviews, and then another show called *Glory Days*, which got unbelievably bad reviews and became the first Broadway show to close, open and close in one night in about 15 years. And I think the last one was the, um, the oldest living Confederate widow something right. saying. But that was a few years ago. Maybe that was five years ago or something like that, like 2003, mm-hmm. with Ellen Burstyn in a one-woman show that was two and a half hours long. I missed that one, but I did not miss Glory Days and, and probably give it a quick review. But first, let's get some news with in it, a, be a quick PU review. <laughs> did you see Glory Days? No. No. Oh, well. But I smelt it from far away. I <laughs> smelt it from the, the Circle in the Square Theater wafting all the way with its sewer scent <laughs> down the corridors of 42nd, 43rd, It actually leached Street. into the subway system. Did it really? I'll, I'll bet it. What did you think of the Broadway season as a whole? A whole? W H O L E. Oh yeah, because it, it ended. You know, and they're, they're, I th- I thought it was a terrific season. A I think little, I really you know it started out as the season of the play, and it ended up with quite a few good musicals. Come to think of it, that's right. Because in the early part, there were all these play revivals and all these, a these, um, couple of new plays. You had Mauritius by Theresa Rebeck, and you had a Bronx tale being revived, was and Surno de Bergerac, and Is He Dead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And August Osage County, and revival of the homecoming. Yeah, a lot of plays going on. It was the year of the play. Ooh. Until, somewhere in the middle of the season, they said, Gloria's got to come. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but also so did amazing revivals. I mean, you had terrific revival of Sunday in the Park with George, mm-hmm. Gypsy with Patti Lepone, which mm-hmm. is you know, the gypsy of my lifetime so far, and then not South Pacific, Pacific, which is a beautiful, you know, almost perfect revival. So those three in one season is an, is an event. There's mm-hmm. something to be thrilled and excited about.
2: Let's not
0: forget the revival, not that it's a musical, but of The Ritz. I like that that was one of my favorites.
1: Yeah, it was delightful. It was funny. I I would have put it down for Best Play Revival, certainly more so than The Homecoming that other critics might have liked. But, I mean, it became... And then, as far as new musicals went, it was a little iffy in the early part of the season, because you had Xanadu, which was a lot of fun, but the music wasn't new. It was taken from a movie. You had Little Mermaid, which was... uh, On Rollerblades. Well, yeah, they went from roller skates and Xanadu to roller planes. On well, the they,
0: you know, they, 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 yeah, <laughs>
1: that's true, the skates, the yeah. people just gliding across the stage.
0: At least they stopped bungee jumping and talking. Then,
1: then you started getting some interesting stuff, like In the Heights, moved from off-Broadway, you mm-hmm. had um, Passing Strange, a wild piece that could as easily fit in a rock club mm-hmm. as it could in, on a Broadway stage. And and then Cry Baby became something of a sleeper hit for people. The critics were eh, but people are liking that one a lot. People love it. And then you have a typical... I loved it. I I enjoyed it quite a lot. I think we'll... um, We talked about it last week. In fact, a whole bunch. But, yeah, we both liked it a lot. And then you had A Catered Affair, which is more of an old-fashioned quiet musical that we're going to review a little later on. And then Glory... I mean, it's just... I... For the most part, it really, I thought, was a terrific... Season, I was very, very happy to be a Broadway critic. I like when your
2: voice cracks like that. Do thank that you. To you,
1: thank you so much. The Doctor Demento crack. I've been doing it more and more on Dave's gone by. Like,
0: you're becoming a man finally. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's why those hairs are growing. <coughs> I was wondering about <laughs> well, that. Not on your head. Hey, no, no. Only on the palms of your hands. <laughs> well, we've got the Tony Awards going to be. The Tony nominations for the Tony Awards are going to be announced this Tuesday morning. On, uh, from Sardis, aren't they? May 13th Is that where they're coming from? This, this, uh, they don't normally do that from Sardis They go somewhere else Used to be radio go No, they, to radio they, do it,
0: they do the show at radio Starry. Yeah, no,
1: no, but sorry, They haven't done the Tony thing from Sardis in oh, really? a while but uh, drama desk sometimes comes from stories. But mm-hmm. anyway, the Lucille Lortel Awards were held this past Monday, mm-hmm. and the big winner there was the off-Broadway musical The Adding Machine, that won for Best Musical, Actor, Director, and Lighting. Also, um, Ted Mann of Circle in the Square won a Career Award, and primary stages took in the work for overall body of work. Nice. Yeah, and let's see. Uh, we we tend to have a piece of August Osage County news every single week here on Inside Broadway. So this particular week's information about August Osage County, the Tracy Let's Play that won the Pulitzer Prize two weeks ago, it recouped its 2.5 million dollar investment. It is technically a hit. So the Look, initial now, production. What I want to know is, did yeah. they recoup the
0: entire investment, including the move?
1: No, no. They, they recouped. See, August Osage was a hit, but it had to move out of its original theater. So they they said instead of closing it, they're going to move it. They moved it to a different yeah. smaller store. Theater. Yeah, because the the theater they were in was booked for something else. So they, they moved recouped. To the, the, the music box. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: They moved from the Imperial to the music box. To
1: the music box to make room. I guess the Imperial needed. Billy Elliott's coming in. Big 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 musical coming, the Elton John musical coming next year. So August Osage County recouped its initial opening investment. Doesn't have anything to do with the move that they're currently making. But hey, it's apparently the first show of the season to recoup its investment. And oh, the season's now over. And know? it's a play. And it's a play, yeah. It was a $2.5 million, whereas musicals cost anywhere from 6 to $10 million now or more. And let me tell you something. That was some set. For, well, yeah, that was a needs. big set. Yeah. Okay, now, also staying mm-hmm. off-Broadway, the York Theatre Company has announced that its next season is going to start in September. People were pretty much expecting this. They had done, in a reading series, um, a musical that had been called So Long, 174th Street. Oh, the Which
0: musical is is version of... of um, yes, Carl Weiner's... Wait, wait, um... Oh, my God. I did it in... Everyone did it in... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh,
1: Carl Reiner wrote the book. Yeah. The movie. Directed the movie.
0: Give me the first word. Enter. Enter laughing.
1: Enter laughing. Yes. So, people really, really like the readings that they did. So, now it's going to be on the actual York Theater schedule in September. It's got a book by Joseph Stein, who did Filler on the Roof, and, and Stan Daniels. Do you know what Stan Daniels is best known for? No. Stan Daniels... Create. I think actually Daniels did the music for this. He was the guy who wrote the theme song for Taxi. Oh, yeah. I'm assuming the music sounds a little different for the, and the show. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> enterlapping in a cab. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, enterlapping many uh, New York City cabs these days. So, Stuart Ross, who, who created Forever Plaid, will direct that. And then also at the York Theater in November, they're doing a show called Vogueville Man about an old tap dancer from years ago called Jack Donahue. And let's see, Lynn Taylor Corbett will direct and choreograph that. Nice. One. Now, here's a show that's coming. There's a lot of off Broadway stuff right now. Um, this is coming in July. I'm sorry, but this show sounds like 20 different kinds of suck. Remember when. Um, a couple of years ago, they had John Davidson and Morgan Fairchild in, in a political comedy play, like they were oh, no. candidate kind of things. And, and no, I don't remember
0: that. I remember them in state Fo- or him in State, state Fo- Fair.
1: State Fair, State Fair. Fair <laughs> well, here's here's the cast: Tony nominee Anita Gillette and Nash mm-hmm. veteran Jamie Farr are going to be in Flamingo Court. Off-Broadway. Yes, <laughs> there's three one-act plays about people... Poor Judge people. Judy's out of a job! This is about your, your, uh, your stepmother. It's about three one-acts about people living in a Florida condo. It's like we, we all thought that Neil Simon... Era oh, was no. Over. You know what
0: that reminds me of? What? What was the one that came to Broadway about that, the dancing? Oh, t-
1: uh, yes. Uh, uh, oh, something in Steps. Right? Um, Something oh. in Three Steps with, with David Hyde Pierce, who was supposed to be... Yeah. No, it wasn't David Hyde Pierce. He was supposed to be in it, and then he begged off. And he said, like, I'm not going to... be ended up a big Hamill. Mark Hamill? Yes. And... Um, Seven yeah. dance lessons and... and oh, yes. Yeah. S- yeah. Six dance
0: lessons, six weeks. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, feels... I mean, it's not fair to criticize a show that you know nothing about, and yet... Uh, it
0: feels like a bomb to me. Now,
1: now the, the guy... Jamie
0: Ford must have left his Vegas gig. Hosting the game show event.
1: I guess so. He wants to do a little off-Broadway here. Maybe he has a summer off. The guy who wrote these one-act plays, calling name Luigi Creatore. Do you know what he's best known for?
0: Not Jewish humor.
1: <laughs> he wrote a not-bad one-act play that I saw... Uh, excuse me. A, a, a one, not-bad one-man play that I saw called The Man Who Shot Lincoln. But that's not his most famous thing. He wrote the adaptation of the song, The Lion Sleeps Tonight. He took the South African Mbube and turned it into... That's him. He's written another play. And so it's going to start Jamie Farr and Anita Gillette in July off-Broadway. Anita Gillette in July. (laughs) Gillette in July. And And what theater is it coming to? Um, I don't remember. I didn't write that one down. But it's off-Broadway. It's a commercial off-Broadway run. Now, speaking of... um... And what's it called? Flamingo Court. <laughs> I just
0: I just hear that all those judge shows, boom, boom. Hmm. Welcome to Flamingo Court. We're Jamie Forrest, Suze, and mm-hmm. Gillette for yeah. being horrible and awkwardly playing.
1: Ooh, I'm sure they will be fine. It's just something so skeevy about the whole thing.
0: I, oh, let's go see that one.
1: Would, well, definitely. Also, something I would like to see, there's a benefit, May 21st and 22nd, that's... that's um. Well, a week or so from now, Eric Bogosian is doing a benefit reading of some new monologues of his called "Bitter Honey" at the Public Theater, and the, uh, the proceeds are going to help the Labyrinth Theater. Tickets they go up to $125 for VIP seats, but they start at 25 bucks, so not too bad. Where are you
0: going to sit? What seats would you like to sit? in? I'll be outside. <laughs>
1: I'll be watching from the, the rooftop, looking in through the chimney, trying to catch a glimpse of their you head. Usually going
0: out there going, is someone going to put this up on YouTube?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but for more information, go to labtheatre.org. Okay, a couple of quick of things before we get to some reviews. The fourth annual WGBB Tony Award Special. Yay! Saturday, June fourteenth, two thousand and eight. It's the day before the Tonys. We're going to be here seven thirty to ten p.m. I will be hosting. Jeff will be co-hosting along with New York Post columnist Michael Riedel.
0: And I heard some bad news about this. What's up? I heard there might be a quiz.
1: There'll be there'll be quizzes. There will be giveaways. We're going to give away two tickets to the Broad Hollow Theater's opening night of the boy. (coughs) Excuse me, the boyfriend. A very fun, old-fashioned A Roaring Twenties
2: musical comedy.
1: Yeah. Plus, we're going to give away some packages of, of like, cool stuff. And all sorts of other shows stuff. now, yeah. It's we, we we're just getting in stuff galore. So, and we'll be playing show tunes from Xanadu and Young Frankenstein and from some other shows of the season. This show
0: will be so gay, even if it's not you're not gay, it's going to turn you gay.
1: Yeah, maybe. Perhaps. <laughs> And we'll be interviewing critics and asking for their predictions about who's going to win the Tonys, and even get a couple of Tony nominees, too. It's the WGBB Tony Awards Special, our fourth year doing it, Saturday, June 14th, 7:30 7:30 to 10 p.m. We really we do a nice job on this, and it's a really special. If we do evening. say
0: so ourselves,
1: I'm I'm serious. I'm I'm very proud of, of what we do. It's it's a artist. great.
0: It is a great show. Thanks. I mean, anyone who even likes theater should listen. Yeah. Should listen to the show. It's a good preview for the Tonys. It you. It'll give you a little bit, so you'll have some background as to the Tony nominees and yeah. winners the next night. And I think you'll be pleasantly surprised if you're hanging on there. Yeah. And you might win something, because actually, I hear there are going to be a lot more gifts than we know about.
1: Well, a few. No, no, I mean, we're not going to spend the whole time giving stuff away. But no, no, no.
0: But we'll give, I mean, hopefully something every half hour at least.
1: Something like that. Yeah. There's probably about three or four gifts in total. So, so anyway, don't just tune in for that. But if you want to tune in for that, okay. Fun and okay. prizes. The WGBB Tony Awards Special. And I just also want to remind you that I'm going to be on the air on Wednesday morning at about 7.40 a.m. on WVTL this Wednesday with my good friend Bob Cudmore. Bob Bob Cudmore Show. Um, He has me on every once in a while to talk about the theater, and it'll be shortly after they've announced the Tony Award nominees. So catch me this Wednesday morning on WVTL. You can do that online, too, and listen on the Internet. They're coming out of uh, upstate New York. Anyway, time to do some reviews, but not before we play this little commercial for Performing Arts Insider. Remember, it's only $115 a year. there's a lot of big, big, big savings off the regular subscription price. And
0: remember, if you have a party with Fancy Schmancy, you say $50 more.
1: That's... Right, well, $50 more off your... Thing, yeah, we'll, we'll work that out. Anyway, um, PerformingArtsInsider.com for all that information on the magazine. Now, Jeff and I both saw a new... Musical. New Broadway musical that may be up for a couple of Tony it Awards. It would be a musical. What? A musical. A news. Well, yeah. Or for you, I guess it was a snoozical.
2: But yes, I liked yeah. it.
1: I liked it. This is a show called A Catered Affair, which has a book based on. Look at the pedigree on this thing. It was originally a TV show that was scripted by Patty Chayefsky, yes. the guy who did Marty and the network. And the movie had a screenplay by Gore Vidal. And now it was adapted by Harvey Firestein, the one and only, the Harvey.
0: Because after you think of Paddy Chesky and Gore Vidal, Harvey Firestein's the next on the list, isn't <laughs> Come he?
1: To think of it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, I can't think of anything else. <laughs> would be more appropriate. And the score, making his Broadway debut, is John Buccino, best known as a cabaret songwriter up until this point. And he's playing at the Walter Kerr Theater. Features faith Prince, Tom Wopat, Harvey Feierstein himself as the literally funny uncle in well in all senses of the word
0: he is the confirmed bachelor uncle
1: yeah exactly and and but he has most of the comic relief such as it is, and he's also the gay uncle so it it's like the funny uncle in all senses of the word and and he's gay in a way one of the one of the, the... you
0: talk so queer about that
1: <laughs> but it, it is i mean someone also said to me that this is supposed to be in the early 1950s, and yet he's already too out for that era. Oh, yeah. And he wouldn't be talking like that, and he wouldn't be saying okay. things like he would, or you know, it, it was already a 1990s sensibility on 1950s era. Yeah, But, okay, that's a little problem with the show, but I like that. are bigger problems with it. <laughs> well, what was your problem with A Catering Affair? Well, you know what? First of all, tell the story. Tell, oh. tell what it's about. It is a story
0: of, well, it, 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 the story starts... With parents coming back from Washington, D.C., where their, their son, who's been killed in battle, has been honored. Mm-hmm. And the, the parents, the, everyone decides, the father decides that they're coming into some money because they're going to get death benefits for the son. Mm-hmm. And the father wants to buy, he, he owns a one third share of a cab in Manhattan. He wants to, and one of the other owners wants to sell out. So he and his the, the second owner want to buy the third person now because he's retiring. Okay. Right. So, the, and then, everything's going along well and then the daughter decides that she wants to get married to this guy because her friend is is literally has to get married. She's pregnant. She has to get married. Fly to San Francisco and they need someone to
1: drive the car out to San Francisco. Drive their stuff over and she right. figures, the, the daughter figures this is the perfect time. She'll go with her boyfriend. They're already sleeping together although she's not pregnant and, They'll get married. They'll have
0: a small little ceremony, a town hall, right. and then their honeymoon will be driving the car out to California. Right. And
1: then have a little honeymoon in California, drive back, because she's got three weeks vacation that's from hard. work. They're going to fly back. Cause it, oh, it's, okay, that, that's how they're working on this. So the anyway, they, they want to keep it small and simple. And inexpensive. And inexpensive, you know, because the family has no, no money. But the mother is kind of upset about this because she wants to give her only daughter well the mother in a very
0: poignant song and probably the best song of the whole thing yeah. the mother has an attack of like the guilt that yes. they did everything for the son and look where they left it and this poor daughter has been given nothing all her life and that now they have some money and she has some there's a joyful occasion coming up in her life why shouldn't they give her a wonderful wedding, at least for one day in her life. And that be, is the
1: best song in the show, by the way. That was a, you know, I, I picked that out, too. It's like, a great yeah. song. So, but so why didn't you like it?
0: Well, the problem was it was always the same. I told you, it was yeah. like musical oatmeal. Mm-hmm. The whole, uh, none of the songs were, they were distinguishable, but really it was the same. It was very slow. I didn't. I didn't really like the book. I thought the the use of that Greek chorus on the
2: on the yeah, on the right. uh,
0: that was very not the not even it's been
1: overdone before, and it was just an easy way out. To me, I understood where people could have been. This is the kind of show where I were in the wrong mood. I was looking at my watch board go like oh my god this song sounds just like the other one it
0: is it's it's, it's very true i just don't like but they didn't have one up moment in the supposedly up show
1: well what, no that that laughs and there were there were good times but as a matter of fact well, i think well, laurie wilmer had
0: one of the other good songs where the in-laws sang about you know how important it was the family
1: oh well yeah so but i thought I'm, that was a nice song too yeah no you're talking to someone who liked the show yeah. because i thought that even though the score was not exciting, it was all of a piece. It sounded the same, but then again, it was it was creating a tone and maintaining it. And this milieu... Oh, please. Everything was beige. I mean, the set
0: was beige. It was like... Yeah. It yeah. was beige, beige, beige. That best describes the whole thing. <laughs> I just... I, I thought it was... I think... 90 minutes of... Uh, it was no. very... No. no. You weren't
1: touched. You weren't... Um, never. I, it
0: moved me a little, Yeah, but I, I thought it was just it, the whole story could have been told to me in 15 minutes and I'd be over it.
1: Right, or maybe 57 minutes in a television <laughs> with a Goodyear Tire commercial in the middle or something like they would have done on... Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean... Playhouse 90. It just well, did do anything.
0: 90. And Harvey did so little with the book. I didn't think anything... And if anything, he, try, he tried to make himself... Because He always has this motion, his hand to his chest. Yeah. It was like, I'm going to be the good... And he, and he just... He well, that forward.
1: character was a problem because he as much as it was very tonally slow and kind of sad, he was trying to make it about the uncle, and it's not. Right. And and especially at the end when he's, like, narrating and giving the audience some kind of aphorism to go home with. It was like, Carvey, it's not about you. I I know. That bothered me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That was one of the worst things. And
1: I like Harvey. I love her. I love you Harvey Weierstein. And, and, you know, he's there on some level. We're supposed to like him and have him for comic relief. We want him to be like the up guy. But at certain points, it's not right. He's doing too much. Or, as I said, he's being too, quote unquote, out for that time period. Or just being too. Whatever for a story that he's peripheral to, but, and but, he is a, he goes by. He says, "Oh, all, all the women on the, the stage,
0: everyone knows him." It's like it's not about him.
1: Yeah, yeah. That that was a problem. But would you would you say? I mean, I know someone who hated it the first time they saw it, and I went back and saw it again and kind of liked it. Do you think that could happen for you if yeah. you saw it again? No, you wouldn't. You were just. I'd happy. go back
0: and I I'd, I'd try it. Good for me. Well, but okay. I doubt it. I'd, I'd always give it a second chance. But no, I was in a fine mood. I was already, I was ready to like the show.
2: Hmm.
0: I really wanted to like the show. I was all up for it, and then it just disappointed.
1: Okay, that's fair. That's it, right. It for me, me down. I was in the mood for it. I understood what to expect from it, and I kind of wanted to give it the benefit of a doubt because so many people were like, Ugh. and I did. And I was touched. That I liked it. They,
0: maybe what happened is you had low expectations. Yes. See, I said, oh, Harvey Fierstein, Faith Prince, Tom Wopat. A catered affair. Oh, it's going to be great. I'm, I can't wait to see that. Good music. point. And good I was, point. I've been looking forward to it for a good six to nine months. And then, yeah.
1: Then and then, then I got that. Yeah. I got
0: 90 minutes of oatmeal. <laughs> you know? It was like, ew. I don't even think it was 90 minutes. Yeah,
1: it was. It was actually an hour 40. So. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, the other show that I did want to talk about, because we're not really going to get a chance to talk about it, is a show that... Opened and closed in one night, so I'm kind of lucky. I guess I saw it in previews. I think I'm kind of lucky because I didn't get to see it at all. <laughs> boring days. Because <laughs> it left you know, bored days. at the it was Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. People really tried to be kind to it. Everybody was saying, oh, how awful the critics were going to be and how, you know, the New York Times was going to kill it and how the, the major critics were just going to be so nasty and snotty. I'm telling you, the critics were kind. They were saying, these guys, they'll have a future on Broadway one day, the guys who wrote it, these young mm. people in their 20s, and and there's a little promise here, and, you know, just, they just took them in been workshop more. It's the producer's fault for bringing this to Broadway and not doing it more somewhere else first or giving it a, a shot in a small yeah. theater. Okay, fair enough. They were being nice. It stank. It was boring as hell. <laughs> they needed to work on this in a big way. Now, and, and he no, did my, not. My
0: partner on the TV show, Charles Gross, also hated this show. He told me... He hated was, Glory. He
1: saw Glory He thought hate.
0: he hated it. Yeah. He thought it was the most boring thing
2: ever.
1: Not the most boring thing ever.
0: There were pockets of
1: humor. He said, he said they came in, they said, one of us is gay, but we're not telling you which one. And uh, they, they
0: alluded to... I don't know. That's what No, that's
1: thought. not really what happened. I mean, the one is, but he, it comes out pretty quickly. And then, that's like one of the big deal things of these four college friends, except the other might be bisexual. It's like, so old news and nothing exciting and nothing. You want to talk about a plot, there's no plot? There's no plot. Maybe they should talk to Harvey.
2: <laughs>
1: it would be, please, if Harvey got a hold of the book, it would be a ten times better musical. And certainly Care Affair was ten times better than Glory Days. So, you know what? They are talented to an extent. Maybe they can write some pop songs or something, but... They just how, did how not belong. Music? How, of, how, how it would, was dull. It was kind of like really generic, kind of bland. Eh, I can like. There was one song that everybody, all the critics said was pretty good. It was the one about where the kids going uh, and finding out, you know, going across America and finding he's gay. Except that song has been written already once by William Finn. You know, hitchhiking uh, across America, and then, and then the, the guy in, in the class act wrote a song just like that. What was his name? The uh, Ed Clayban. Band. Yeah. Wrote a song about going across and finding... He wasn't gay, but he yeah. found out something else. I'm sorry. I really found... Except for the actors. Now, were there all, there was there a cast of four only? Yep. Four guys on these bleachers. There's no set to speak of. Just these bleachers and lights behind them. So there's nothing to look at. Yeah. There's no, no other characters. nothing to do. You get a nice little sense of camaraderie among do they, these young guys. Did they, do they use
0: that set, this stage at all?
1: No. There's no, there's no stage to use. It's risers. It was. It was. No, but square.
0: I, I, I assume they didn't make it a full circle. The risers were in the back. Um, no,
1: no. It was, it was most of the set it was them sitting on benches no, but, in a football stage. It's a thrust stage. Um, the yeah. stage comes out, well. and it
0: had the, probably the risers were in the back, because it's a three-quarter round. And then they had that projecting thing, a projected thrust.
1: No, no, there's a little playing state but they played most of the show on those damned risers. They didn't do anything. Yeah. They just walked up and down and sat on the bleachers. And this also started in a
0: regional theater which yeah. got great reviews.
1: Well, what happened was it opened at signature theater, they saw Promise in it, and then suddenly Circle of the Square opened up and they said, let's bring it in. And it was just a mistake. And it, it's... I wish the guys well, but, you know, and, and I feel bad for them because... And I'll tell the story real quick. I was... Um, I once... Actually, somehow got an audition for the Lehman Engel BMI workshop as a lyricist. And I didn't know anything really about Broadway back then. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, go, I'll see. You I, I didn't even study, but I just, someone got me an interview and I figured, oh, I can write lyrics because I was writing pop songs at the so- time. Mm-hmm. And I did not understand how different writing popular songs in the, in the Bob Dylan and the folk idiom and, and stuff like that was from trying to write Broadway music. Mm-hmm. I learned that day. I, I got a lesson real quick because I showed them my lyrics. and they, oh, These are clever. These are, it's got nothing to do with what Broadway is. Right. About. That's what these guys have to learn before okay. they even set foot on a Broadway stage again.
0: Before they set Horton foot on that stage again.
1: <laughs> no guts, no glory nope. inside. No, at, <laughs> yeah. no glory days. <laughs> inside Broadway. We've just been inside Broadway. Thanks to TotalTheater and Performing Arts Insider. It's nineteen eighty
0: one. My mother passed away, and so it was it was a tough. Show. I was very young when she died, hmm. so it's it's tough. I have memories, but they're really quite
1: private. Oh, okay. And they're quite It's the memories of a, a little boy and his mother. That's all. I have memories of my mom because. Just <laughs> over Passover, and I love her very much. And you took out to breakfast last week. Yeah, that's, that's true too. That's right. We went out to a nice little uh, thing at the Lido Deli out in um, near Long Beach. We would have gone out to the beach too, but I had to get to New York and see a show. That's, that's the story of my life. And you took your mother-in-law, too, so you might as well give a shout-out to her. Well, oh, yeah, of course. Joyce's mom, definitely. And to my Aunt Bonnie and to my Aunt Esther and to... Just to all the moms in my pleasure. life. Yeah. We're going to give the Worst Person in the World Award to Jeanette Christos of the Tri-County Humane Society in Florida. If you missed the little big time... Uh, you know the ten o'clock show tonight with Jeff and myself. Then you miss the whole story about what they what these people did. How they? So the old old woman and her dog. They sort of stole horrible. the dog. Yeah, pretty much. They, they, no, they worse. They cheated her out of a dog. They yeah. as as Bob Dylan put it, they cheated her with a fountain pen. Really, really, you know, nasty, nasty stuff. So Jeanette Christos. <laughs> on you Boo. Boo. anyway it's 12.06 a.m. on WGBB Freeport we have to kind of get out of here it's gospel time so let's thank our sponsors Navarre Market 1239 Broadway in Hewlett open 7 yum, days a week hmm? Very yummy. Yummy, yummy stuff from Eastern European delicacies. Tell Stephen that Dave sent you. Please, fancy schmancy balloons. Seven nine seven three two two nine is the phone number. Seven nine seven three two two nine. What was that price? It was like four hundred. Four
0: sixty-two fifty for a full party package.
1: I mean, huge and party package.
0: And if you subscribe to uh, Performing Arts Insider at the same time, yeah, we will take another fifty dollars off, thus lowering the price on the Performing Arts Insider to next nothing.
1: Kinda. In a weird way. But anyway, think of that. Just over $400, and you've got all the balloons, centerpieces, everything you need for your party. That's and you have the
0: Bible of Broadway.
1: Yeah, that too. Amazing. Amazing, amazing. You live in man press. Also amazing, because every. Dave's got my listener gets ten percent off any job, big or small. It's such Manu a good,
2: Press. and
0: it's so good they put Loman shoes out of business. <laughs>
1: That's right. Maybe they will expand into the empty Loman shoe store. That'd be <laughs> cool. Get a bigger Xerox machine. And performing arts insider, the bible of Broadway. Go to performingartsinsider.com dot com to find out more. Reminder to everybody, please watch. Wait, right. we
0: didn't talk about mortgagesrock dot com.
1: Mortgagesrock dot com. Mortgagesrock dot com where you can either get a mortgage or find out how to become a mortgage broker. Now, everybody, make sure to listen to Shalom Damn it! Watch Shalom Damn it! every Wednesday and Friday morning. On Dave O'vision. 7.30 a.m. on Channel 1... 14, 17? are Close. You're, cl- <laughs> you're almost there. If you flip around the dial, you'll find it. Wednesday, That's Friday, what I do. 114, 114. Channel 115. And also Sunday Afternoons on Manhattan Neighborhood Network. If you're listening what? in New York on Channel 67. 1.30 in the afternoon, Sundays for Shalom Dammit with Rabbi Saul Solomon. And, of course, you can watch him anytime on YouTube.com. Look for Shalom Dammit or Saul Solomon.
0: You know, they could also look for Two on the Aisle. On, on, uh...
1: Yeah, that's the show you and Charlie Gross do on Manhattan Cable, where you review theater. Charlie Gross and Jeff Goodman in Two on the Aisle. Look for it on YouTube.com. Want to give a shout-out and a mazel tov? To Ray Jessel, a guest on this program last year, he's a, a
0: that was Georgie Jessel's uh, grandson. No,
1: no relation to oh. Georgie, but he, he's a very very funny songwriter and a very good songwriter too, a Broadway writer. He won a Mac Award, so congratulations to him for musical comedy or impersonation.
0: I think what did I
1: um Reminded that I'm going to be on WBTL this Wednesday morning at 7:40 a.m. on the Bob Cudmore show, uh, talking about the Tony nominations that will have come out the Morning before I want to give a shout out also to Jeffrey Sweet One of the guests on this program On May 14th his book is being published The Value of Names and Other Plays By Northwestern University Press Northwestern University Press
0: Good things happen to people who show up on the show
1: Exactly And he's got a new play called Court Martial That's probably going to be playing the new federal theater In June of 2009 so wow. congratulations to him And everybody catch Gary Lucas Friday June 20th At the Bowery Poetry Club With his band Gods and Monsters
0: And also don't forget to look for Charles Gross and his play How I Found a, yeah. an Affordable Apartment on the,
1: lower, on the Upper West Side of Manhattan Without really trying That's coming in July right Kat? June and July June of July at the Midtown International Theatre Festival Correct now, if you have any questions or comments about this program, please email davesgongby at aol.com, davesgongby at aol.com, or check my website, davesgongby.org. Remember, you can hear recent episodes for free of Dave's Gone By at am1240wgbb.com. They're podcasting now. Yay! And look on the WGBB website for the other show I host, the music show that I do on the station called Filler Up. You just have to find it somewhere on the schedule. Well, love to you, Mom. Love to my beloved wife, Joyce Weil.
2: And the kids.
1: and And our doggies and our froggies and all our potatoes. Yes, yes. Coming up in the weeks ahead On this very We have some unbelievable guests We've got the return Of Bruce Kluger I don't believe it Who is the co-author Of a, a very funny Satirical book Called Young Dick Cheney And he's also Constantly writing For like the Huffington Post And USA Today Places like that We've got Christopher Shaw Who is a contributor To the book Headless Body And Topless Bar
2: And
0: also the grandson Of George Bernard Shaw No he's The
1: grandson Of George Bernard Shaw But Headless Body Is a compilation Of headlines Of the New York Post Like the best Of the funniest Love Goofiest it. headlines we also have Charles Bloom, who is a cabaret and theater composer and lyricist, who is really up and coming. And I the think brother of it. Judy Bloom. Now, stop that. Now we're, not, now, we're going to spell it the same way. And really, really cool. This is exciting. You Make a McCoy joke. Go ahead. You will. Because Juliana Hatfield, rock star, singer-songwriter, is also going to be in the neighborhood in the weeks ahead. She'll be playing at uh, Joe's Pub on May
0: 21st. She married a cousin.
1: That's right, Mr. McCoy. There you go. Juliana Hackfield. Anyway, really, really cool guests coming up on Dave's Gone By. But that's all in the future. Tonight we gotta go. So, all you mothers out there, it's now time for us to leave the womb of WGBB, but we will crawl right back in again next Sunday, May eighteenth, two thousand and eight, with the two hundred and seventy third episode of Dave's Gone By. Until then, don't miss your days going by. This is Dave Lefkowitz. And Jeff Goodman. Wishing you good night. And we love our mothers, so happy Mother's Day. And gone by.